What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. It's your boy, Monster DeFace here. We're back with another Fortnite episode. Let's get into it, guys. Today, we have the returning one and only, my boy Life with Panda. Panda, what's up, brother? What's going on, man? Listen, it's been a crazy week, to say the least. I know uh, you had a fun weekend. I had a fun weekend as well on the flip side of that, which we'll get into, of course. Yeah, man, But uh, sure. yeah, Life has been good. Life has been good. Happy to hear it. Happy to hear it, man. I see, uh, you know, you're making improvements to the stream room. We got things about to be up and running. So that's, that's going to be really awesome. Yeah, I'm so excited. The final pieces are coming together. The last piece ships out today. Should be here by the end of the week, early next week, which means the end of next week, I'm back. It's ready. And I can finally show all the moving pieces I've been working on for the last couple months. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what we're all waiting for here, guys. But for our returning listeners, thank you guys for tuning in for today's episode. We are pretty much going to run through this bad boy. We got a lot to talk about, most of which is just pretty much surrounding the game and where the game's going. Uh, a couple fun topics to toss in there as well as new developing things. But either way, just want to thank you guys for coming through, pressing that download button, giving us a listen, and checking out this week. Thank you. Let's uh let's go ahead and get right into it. This week is just me and Panda. No SMG is he uh I think he's getting a two fixed or something like that, guys. He yeah. actually couldn't talk today. <laughs> yeah, he he said something along the lines of like he cannot speak uh after being at the dentist. So hey, whatever that means, so be it. But hey, listen, we'll miss him on this episode, but don't worry, he'll be back soon. Yeah, yeah. I, I could come up with a number of dirty jokes to throw in there, but let's just say the dentist uh <laughs> Yeah, he messed up his jaw, guys. So, uh, no, but seriously, guys, show him some love on uh, on socials. Let him know that we miss him for this week's episode. Uh, we're going to kick things off with the new Fortnite updates. The game has been developing. Change is coming in nice and quick, and they're keeping up a pace that I'm afraid I feel a little spoiled by. It really does feel like the old days. Mm -hmm. Week to week, pretty much updates, changes, and adjustments coming to the game. This week, we have the Heavy Sniper returning. So if you are a fan of jumping into those boxes and pretty much making those big plays... Um, the heavy sniper is back in the game. Actually, is it only in the public game mode? So yeah, so it's it's in public game modes. It's not in comp yet, but they said it could eventually make its way to arena and competitive playlists, depending on that trial period that they always put on with those new weapons. But there's some adjustments to it. It's not the same old weapon that we know, right? So one of the biggest things, and and this is kind of a trend that Epic has been taking recently is that there are no longer weapons that allow for one-shot eliminations. Yep. Now, the Heavy Sniper's back. You think, headshot. That was like 300-plus damage back in the day, right? Wrong. It is 190 now for the top variant of the Heavy Sniper. So that means, again, no weapons in the game right now are one-shot elim. So that's a huge change for sure. Uh, and I'm interested to see if it does end up making its way into competitive playlists. Obviously, that's going to favor players like Thomas HD, right? The the sniper king himself. Uh, but regardless, it, it feels like a good change. And I even in the no build modes, I still feel comfortable running around. Because if I do get hit by the heavy sniper, I have the, the overshield that can regenerate. I know that I'm not going to get one shot eliminated if I'm really healthy. So a lots of positives that come with that. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, and that was one of the things about back in the day when we were talking about heavy snipers. If you guys just rewind any of those really old episodes, the biggest problem was the fact that the ex like excessive amount of damage it did um, was probably the, the largest complaint from professional players. You could almost 
get eliminated just via body shot. Like, honestly, I think it was like 150 yeah. to 160 uh, ish plus damage. It was, it was essentially almost as much damage as hitting a headshot with it does now. I did see a clip from Ninja today. He hit a 180, I believe, at a purple variant. So, um, damage is definitely up there. It's respectable. If you can hit the, hit the headshot, you'll get rewarded. And it's worth noting, this sniper is easier to land shots with, guys, because of the faster bullet travel. So it's a lot easier to compensate the distance, and it is easier to connect with players. Now, making its way into competitive will be very interesting because this becomes uh, an easy meta pickup, right? Let's talk about auto shotgun being in the game and, and, and the, the types of shotguns available that have that high fire rate or SMG. This is an instant entry into the box, but more importantly, in like this duo type game mode that we're seeing, you can easily see the return of double heavy snipes opening up battles and giving clear advantage to the offensive type player. Yeah, and for the people at home that are thinking, oh, well, the heavy sniper right now doesn't really let you get into the boxes like it used to, that's because they adjusted structures in, in no builds. So that's probably most commonly where a lot of people listening have been using it but if it does make its way into competitive play the adjustments aren't there right it's the same build structure health that heavy sniper will get you into those boxes get you involved and, and ultimately can change a game for a player that that is playing with it so it's definitely going to be a pickup it reminds me of those days with uh like frosty flights chapter one right sliding around the ice i used to love with the heavy sniper in tournaments jumping into boxes I, i'd literally ice my feet go straight for the box they would they would either open up and try to shoot or if they didn't i would literally just heavy heavy sniper right into the box pump shotgun out 200 pump like i mean listen the good old days man i could talk about the pump shotgun all day though yeah it was a definitely a different time um but that's another cool thing that we're starting to notice this trend of hey you know the way this game or the way this weapon interacts in the normal fortnite zero build or normal fortnite um setting versus the arena setting or competitive setting is is different now right so um heavy sniper being one of those those interesting weapons where yeah they interact with the builds a little differently because the structures are different so it'll create like we said different metas different things that people can learn to pick up and i think that's important too for the development of people that will eventually transfer from playing fortnite zero builds to playing something like fortnite competitive right what we're going to see is that evolution and something new to play towards, maybe some new things to pick up and learn, and that'll always keep players interested in that hunt to become better. Uh, one of the other, I guess, fun items that we saw return to the game for a brief moment was the MK7 before quickly getting removed, but not quite. Now we kind of have this option, right, Panda? Yeah, so it's interesting, right? Because the weapon alongside the combat assault rifle made its way into the game there for the weekend, and then they took it out, and then they put the boards up like, hey... You got a little teaser. You got a little test, right? Now, okay, pick one. Which one do you want back in the game? So the community is voting right now onto what weapon we'll see return. But it'll be interesting to compare the MK7 to the current AUG because a lot of people, it's kind of a hot topic right now that the burst assault rifle is pretty strong. So comparatively to the MK7, I, I don't know if it's stronger or maybe it's equal in ability, but both weapons with that red dot it's just it's it's a whole new game yeah it does feel like red dot weapons are here to stay or we're just getting to feel like what it's like to kind of have this in regular rotation um now approaching a few seasons with weapons that essentially have instant accuracy uh no need for the first shot so uh the game will feel very very different the day they take them out right like if we end up with a loophole mm -hmm. that doesn't have these two weapons i wonder what feel, fortnite will feel like at that moment is that 
ultimately turn the game into like a, I guess move it, does it move the gameplay backwards from how the game feels on a gunplay level or does it progress the game forwards like will people enjoy that a little bit more going back to the old uh, first shot accuracy ways it is it is an interesting debate being that we're kind of going in consecutive seasons now with the red dot type weapons so um the game's evolving though that's for sure never mm -hmm. uh if, if you if we just date back to the original days we never would have thought we seen any kind of red dot or aim down sight weapons let alone sprinting building no bills there's so much new things that are coming to the game that i think have taken us by storm and surprise but ultimately they've been hits they've been things that can work and things that have uh genuinely been appreciated um maybe not so much to mk7 because of the laser that it was was in the last season yeah. but uh you know there's room for balance and we've seen a lot of balance yeah there is and i think that's what ultimately will happen right I think uh, there's potential for the burst assault rifle to to get balanced a little bit. If the MK7 returns, I believe we already saw notes that it was balanced, or there is a potential balance in the works. So there there's there's a lot of things that uh, could come to the weapon. We'll see. Obviously, we kind of like heavily rely on the people on Twitter to to let us know what's going on, right? Without the patch notes and stuff breaking down adjustments to the weapons. But it, it's going to be interesting to see, regardless. But talking about adjustments we got to talk about the comp adjustments because we were literally talking last week about how, oh, preseason happens. We don't understand why preseason is happening if they're not going to make adjustments quick. And literally the next day, they adjust everything. Everything is adjusted. Cow catchers removed. Um, they, they adjusted the SMGs. So it's looking good for the competitive season for sure. Yeah, yeah. We had like like you said a literal perfect time uh execution on the on the comp adjustment because what happened was they pretty much ran that preseason hit the reset and then changed nothing and then that gave like a 24-hour window where us and even obviously the pro and, and the competitive community was like dude why why run this if we're not going to get any changes um but yeah. it just seems like they had to press that button a little late uh, so then that following day, we did get those changes. The SMG changes, much, much appreciated, I'm sure, from everyone uh, across the board. Then, of course, the Cowcatcher removal was a huge W. If you look at Fortnite status or Fortnite competitive, like those are some of the highest impressions I think I've seen on the account in a long time. Granted, we have a lot of new faces returning to the game and things like that, but like the yeah. positive sentiment, the sharing, and just the hits, that that traction shows that it was appreciated, right? And, and pretty much approved by the community, which was huge. Another thing that we saw actually today, which is super interesting. This is the first time we've ever seen this happen. Fortnite comp prioritizing competitive over the casual game. You might be thinking, how? How did they, you know, uh, cater to the comp scene this time around? It actually comes down to a launchpad bug. Uh, it's a simple bug, but it's one that, I guess from a quality of life perspective can be pretty annoying for the regular user experience. Essentially what would happen is if you use the launch pad, when you landed, uh, the game would ping your location, which is again, kind <laughs> of annoying. It's really weird. Um, but because this happened, Epic decided to disable launch pads in the regular um, public game matchmaking and instead continue to keep it active inside competitive. Now, we want to talk about the significance of this, Panda, because this proves that they see there's true value in keeping this in competitive, which we never really get to see kind of these decisions being made. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think this is one of those unique opportunities and, and unique moments that the community has to take a step back and be like, wow, you know what? Fortnite is going to prioritize what's going on in comp. 
because realistically, a few weeks, let, let's just say, without a launch pad and competitive or playlists, arena, etc., it's huge, right? That's the that's the only mobility we really have this season outside of vehicles. So if they were to take the launch pads away, that would be a huge chunk of practice that these players would have to try to operate without them before FNCS. Because we know this stuff will get fixed beforehand. So for them to make the decision, like, hey, we're, we're still going to keep them in, in comp because we know you guys need to practice with them ahead of FNCS is just, it's just astonishing. It's a great decision by Epic. And it's probably not one that most of the community will see, but obviously, you know, we're we're paying close attention to what's going on. Yeah, you know, we're here to dig a little deeper, read read between the lines, if you will. And I think this is one of those moments where we can say, okay, Epic does care. Here's one of those reasons that we can say they do in a world where most people think, you know, they never care, right? And and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. So this is this is definitely really, really interesting. Um, but talking about how much Epic cares, this is kind of a, a another little side note. Um, they are caring a lot about Fortnite Zero Bills. Just to talk about the also the announcement of PlayStation, the PlayStation Cup essentially happening on April 8th. That's two days from now. They announced that the Zero Bill to have a bigger prize pool. And this is giving I'd say a heated debate or a heated discussion around, oh, and so it begins, right? Uh, zero build yeah. already making more money or getting more opportunity. This is just for the console community as of right now, but I feel like that hints at the potential of, you know, a new competitive mode kind of officially backed by zero build and maybe having big prize pools. Yeah, I think we have to, we have to acknowledge it, right? Obviously, no builds has been a huge success. Um, we saw it with the Twitch Rivals event over the weekend. I think um, the community, even the competitive community, got behind just the entertainment value that was this no-builds tournament. And, and so, obviously, Epic is paying close attention. They see the opportunity they have in front of them, and they're running with it. And, and it's kind of expected when you know Epic and when you watch the way that they trend, right? They always look for these opportunities, these these breakaway moments where they're like, okay, this is going in our favor. We need to completely lean into it. The only the only concern, right, that's coming from the community is what does that mean for the future of FNCS? Will they will they split FNCS into no build build? Like there's a lot of questions that are being raised by the community. At least we know this season, because they put it in that blog post, FNCS will be normal competitive. There will be no no build FNCS as far as this season goes. So for the time being, community, if you're competitive side, don't worry. You can still build, still still hit creative, warm up, get your builds going, go into arena. But the future, man, the future is something because there's also creators talking about World Cup no builds. We have Nick Merckx, one of the biggest creators on the Twitch platform, right? Literally tweeting out, Fortnite, we want an FNCS no build. If you create this, I'm coming back. Tifu underneath that post saying he's coming back. I mean, just imagine the content that could come from that. Fortnite zero build discussion has begun. Like, it, there's no doubt about mm -hmm. it. If if the biggest creators and influencers are talking about it, then you best believe Epic is listening. They're paying attention. They're probably now trying to formulate a game plan. Okay, how do we do both of these? It's pretty clear that the arena competitive product is going to be the most competitive version of fortnite like that has a skill gap and you know it exceeds skill barriers beyond the normal player's reach right that'll distinguish what a real professional player is but this whole idea of zero build is that sweet spot i think they've 
been hunting for for a long time. And I think if we saw an official Twitch.tv Fortnite channel live stream, zero build, biggest influencers, and they did the whole production stuff right, this is literally a, a way to recapture everyone's attention with a clean slate and scratch away those... I guess the, the negative stigmatism that was put on broadcast over the last couple of years, because now you come in with this whole new approach, this take and all the content in the world to, to take advantage of essentially. So um, there's definitely a world here, but it is going to come down to execution from Epic side. So I am honestly cl you know, closely monitoring the space because I, I love what Twitch Rivals has done this weekend. Um, obviously getting the, uh, the opportunity to cast it firsthand. There's a number of different reasons. This is amazing for the ecosystem. Um, from the player base, the uh, the viewer inf inflation that's coming into the space, and then of course the talent opportunities for folks like myself, Sancho West, uh, Wave Punk, right, and, and anyone else who could potentially open up this new um, avenue of, of opportunity to be on a platform. Uh, that's a massive W for this scene. We need more third-party big events that are hitting numbers like this because Twitch Rivals, uh, to, to be exact, broke 530,000 concurrent viewers across the board like that was their peak viewership that wow. is a huge number that is only and, and literally only from the streamers that were streaming the game it does include the game category as a whole whatever that number ended up being um this was from the people that participated in the event so those numbers wow. insane like th that is incredible numbers for just a pop-up event you know listen i i am so happy to have been able to contribute my 16 to 20 viewers uh, <laughs> right. Player base because you got to play. Uh, I got to play last minute. Uh, I got to fill in and play in the Twitch Rivals, man. I, th I think you and killed XQC. Yes, I saw that on and, stream. I gave you a shout Kiko. out. And I appreciate that, yeah. man. So, so what had happened, right? Is I'm I'm running into zone. I hear these tanks firing away, so I'm trying to stay as far away from them as possible because Nate Hill and Co. They're just literally chilling in two tanks, uh, just shooting away. So I'm trying to stay away from that. So I'm following the outer borders, and I catch Hiko out, rotating forward, uh, grab that elimination, come forward, and, and the AUG, again, playing in my favor, takes out um, XQC, and immediately his chat comes over. And I'm like, oh, no. Like in my, Wait, in really? My, uh, my, yes, swear. In my mind, I'm like, uh-oh, are they, like, toxic? Like, should I be worried? No, nah, they were super cool. Like, they came over, they're like, you killed my juicer. Oh, <laughs> that's so hilarious. And so, like, it was, it was funny. Um, they were super nice. Some of them gifted subs. Like, it was super wow. cool community. Definitely not what I anticipated uh, at all. So, shout out to XQC's community for being a, a real one, for sure. But, no, it was not only a huge success uh, numbers-wise, but behind the scenes, for the most part, it was, like, no issues whatsoever. It was, like, it, there were a few people complaining about what they felt were stacked teams. But in reality, it's like you take a Tfue and you put him in any shooter, right? That's in a closed lobby setting like that. He's going to excel because that's just what he does. Yeah, definitely. And we, we saw that. So one of, the, one of the few influencers, surprisingly, that was complaining was uh, was Ninja, actually, in lead up to the event. He was like, dude, how did I end up on a team with, I believe, who was he playing with? Was it Hiko and Arkham? And Arkham. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he was like, what? And then you look over to the side, you see Day, Reverse, UK, 50. You're like, these are clearly two pros. Um, I think this is something that Twitch Rivals can improve upon because essentially what it comes down to, guys, is if you followed the rules, if you followed the rules, you were punished. And what do I mean by that? The rules were you come in, early essentially and you submit your team roster as a captain influencer professional player and like 
content creator essentially right so think about it like that there was like kind of three tiers um and if you came in late you kind of got to bypass the rules because they're like yeah we kind of just need players oh sure you can come in and then you had teams of double pros or this and that and that was where the problem came in so twitch definitely needs to i say up the ante on the ruling um allow people that follow the rules to be rewarded for following the rules and not let these late comers into the tournament in my opinion i would rather have a 60-man tournament which is going to still be equally entertaining like hello ninja hiku you know whoever like these are still the biggest names and run it right then like let double pros coming through the door and steal mm. away a chance at this hundred thousand uh, dollars because it is a lot of money to be fair yeah and then like uh tifu's team's defense right cloaksy hasn't touched the game in a while tifu really hasn't touched the game until this season and then scoped hasn't really competed at a high level in a while but then when you compare it to a team like reverse 2k day and, and 50 like that is crazy 50 is like one of the the brightest minds in fortnite and you you tag that with a reverse 2k and literally day, like a prefer a professional coach slash talent scout that, that's 50 mm -hmm. you got reverse 2k hello he only just retired it's, it's not like he's a yeah. washed fortnite <laughs> player and then a, a quite literal x rating fncs champ like in mm -hmm. tippity top you know shape essentially so yeah you know there were a couple teams that ended up like this we saw um carrie and uh fatch i believe on the same team which is another like Dude, how these two bigger professional players end up being able to pair with one another. Um, not that any of the big pro teams did like really well, uh, which is yeah, which is also honest. kind of interesting to think about. It ended up coming down to uh, essentially Tifu, Cloxia Scope, strong team, Nick Merckx, Clicks, and Nick A30. Still a strong team by all means. That's a that's a stacker. Nick A30 is one of the more he. Let's be honest, he's a cracked content creator individual. Uh, he can he can probably outbox a lot of professional players mechanically he's absurd uh and then nick Merckx, you know has all that competitive experience as well so yeah there were some stack teams in there yeah and it made it very interesting like um i think what was happening too is a lot of the the pro players were trying to play it like you would a normal competitive game and you just couldn't it's not the same no like zero builds is very very different and we saw especially with uh the way the tifu cloak C and scoped played the game right they they landed uh cavern they got the vault they went straight up to the blimp and they held high ground and and just from there they were beaming players left and right that were rotating around my team just happened to be one of them fortunately i got we got away from them for the most part but they were effectively picking up like five eliminations at least every single game and then making it to the end game so just huge numbers for them because they understood what they had to do right versus like a day a day's team i'm trying to remember how day reverse and 50 did were they were they top 10 or no i, I would say most of like the professional players they were middling in the tournament and definitely up mm -hmm. towards the upper top 15 so they they for sure got enhanced prizing by the end of it um none of those teams got like dominated on from from my remembrance uh but i really only remember the top two teams because we followed them uh, almost exclusively because of how close the competition was and we got to see an awesome head-to-head -head 3v3 between the best of the best um literally fight it out for that number one spot it was it was a, an amazing show guys uh hard to top especially coming out of eu and eu had an exceptional ending as well uh where andalix and histrio were 
uh, just popping off, man. And they and they had this rivalry going on, and they ended up winning. So uh, both the EU and NA shows, guys, if you haven't checked it out, worth the rewatch. One of the few shows that I I would say down the line we're gonna look back at it and be like, yo, this is a fun tournament, and there's some great moments in there. Um, but kind of I guess leading off of that and and branching as an extension out of that. A lot of the creators that played in that want to continue this no-build frenzy. Um, going as far as tweeting and using their platforms now to start just pretty much throwing this into the world. FNCS mm. no-build. World Cup zero builds. What is your perspective on this? What is your your thought behind this, Panda? Because now we're getting pretty much this, this huge influx of people with a platform. Um, basically marching and, and fighting for the zero build. They want, they literally want this in the game now as a competitive FNCS. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? Because there's a fine line to tread here. You, you, have to, you have to take advantage of the moment that is here, right? And I think for, for years to come, no build could be a very viable option for a competitive playlist, but they cannot compromise what they already have existing in competitive to do it. So I think that fine line is there. How they teeter around that is to be determined, right? But I think multiple FNCSs could be a potential possibility, right? Like instead of a one month, we have just the competitive, like as we know it, maybe the month before we do no build because no build takes less time to really kind of prepare, if that makes sense. You're not like uh, preparing how you're going to, to build and, and, and things like that. So taking away that major factor of the game there could potentially be two FNCSs. I mean, that just means more broadcast days for, for Monster and myself, but they would have to find Let's a way to it. effectively split it. Like, imagine um, two FNCSs every season. And something something fun to talk about is, and this is, I guess, like some, some insider info, guys. Uh, as we're casting this weekend, like one of the rules behind how we called the game, it, it's, it's Fortnite Zero build. It was not to be mentioned as a game mode. That was kind of interesting. You know how we get like a rule set like, mm. oh, don't call the weapon a spaz. Like it's a it's yeah. a legendary shotgun. This is like one of those rulings where it's like, oh, this ain't a game mode. Like it's Fortnite Zero build Re and reference it as Fortnite Zero build. So I found that to be kind of cool because to me that says like, dude, we have a standalone product here. And we knew it was yeah. a standalone product. And that's why I recognized that early. I was like, guys, if this just released like this, it would be a hit. They could have named it whatever the heck they wanted. But this, it works. Like it works. It just, it's, it's polished. It feels awesome. It's fun. Um. So now they're making sure we call it that. It, it takes me back to the game mode selection screen on Fortnite. You have like battle royale. You have creative. I feel like zero build is gonna be like, bam, or like something like that, where it's clear that this is gonna have its own development path. I believe. Um, yeah. and, and I feel like little hints of that kind of stuff means that it's either already in motion or they're really contemplating putting the trigger. Yeah, I think you're right. I think uh, Zero Build has a, a definitely has a future being its own uh, own entity. And it would make the most sense to do it that way because treating the map the same between both game modes would be very, very tough, right? Because when you're building, it's better to have those open spaces so you're not running into any kind of issues with the trees and stuff versus in, in zero build, it's ideal to have as much cover as possible when you're rotating. So those open areas are less effective. They do the exact opposite of what they do in competitive playlists as we know them now. So for it to be a totally different 
product in general from Fortnite, I, I could see that probably being the, the best approach for them, which is why it makes sense that they're doing it this way. Well, I hope a lot of our listeners are on the same page with me. Otherwise, they're just hating me and you right now because we we've been <laughs> we've been kind of hyping up the whole like yeah zero bills and like they need to do it and they're pushing us. We're biased, guys, and Pan and I I think share the same perspective. So sorry if you hear yeah. us kind of sorry if there is no voice in your corner is what I'm trying to say. If you just hate zero bills and are like forget that they don't deserve comp and yada yada, I'm sorry there's no one here to share that perspective with you. <laughs> Well, look, I mean, if you do feel that way, that you're not liking zero builds, remember, the, the existing playlist still stands. Arena still has building in it. Um, I did see a leak that zero build arena playlists have already been created. They just haven't been implemented and loaded in the game yet. So, um, look, it, it's coming, right? Whether the community likes it or not, but just know that at least at now, as of right now, there's no changes to the way that competitive structure sits, right? So building will still be a key factor in competitive. And even in the way that you view competitive outside of the, like, these major content events, right? Like it, it will always be more interesting to watch a build fight in the final moments, uh, like going through an end game. We have literally some of the most notable names up on the high ground, pressuring down below. Like you don't, you won't get that with zero build. So I think obviously we're, we're definitely hyped about it now, but I could definitely see from the the existing comp community's perspective as well to sit here and say like, "Hey, I'm concerned about the future." I would say, "Don't be, don't be con concerned at least in the immediate future." Um, it would probably take six months to a year to fully implement something on Epic side, but knowing how fast they they have done things in the past, it's possible to see it sooner. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But, you know, Epic has made it pretty clear that this FNCS is already set in stone. And, you know, we're looking at what it is, right? What we knew was going to come, this uh, this reintroduction, essentially, of the FNCS with an updated format. And they kind of release all those details and information bits. Um, that's all kicking off soon. So we'll get exact dates of when the FNCS is coming pretty much in the coming weeks. I'd assume we're probably a week or two out before real concrete dates get shared publicly if they haven't pretty much already expressed or, or shared those. And and that'll lead into, I guess, the, the wider discussion. Okay, how many people are going to show up to watch regular FNCS now? Now is kind of when we get to see how much has zero build impacted regular FNCS, right? And then we got we get to kind of weigh the, uh, weigh the numbers, weigh the performance of last FNCS and the one before that to this current one. This is really one of the most interesting times for Fortnite on a just analytical number uh, level right like just the numbers like I, I i'm so curious what's going to come out for it like are we going to see like last season like ninja did the viewing party that was awesome he did that on his own this is before the zero builds and he he stepped up for the community he straight up was like into comp so what happens now like do we see other streamers like nick Merckx just paying a little more attention to what's going on you know um that that's kind of what i want to see come out of this i'm so curious to see if those guys play this game regularly during the weekend of the fncs how do they support fncs or did they just stream their own thing do they just stream zero builds you know i i think you're right i think even if it's not every single creator that's that's heavily involved in in what zero build is is happening right now i think a, a good portion of those creators will start to at least have some eyes for what a standard fncs looks like so i bet you we'll see potentially even like a myth or a ludwig right 
go go on and just pull up FNCS, even if it's just a qualifier day or if it's the semifinals, finals, et cetera, we're going to see additional eyes on this FNCS and it's not zero build. So I, I definitely think, obviously, it's a pro for the community. There's going to be more eyes on it, more more funding going towards it. You never know. It could affect other things behind the scenes positively. So it really depends on, on what happens next. But I'm so pumped for this FNCS season. Yeah, for sure. And another question I think that's looming over the scene is how much prizing is FN competitive going to get this year or for this season? Because remember, it's typically some sort of math equation that's been based off of player participation from the previous season. And last season, we definitely had more players participate in competitive mm -hmm. than the previous. So if there was a reason for, you know, the old chapter to kind of influence how the new chapter started cool we take those but this one kicked off with a bang like just initial bang the sprinting the the mansling everything was a huge hit and and we just we just had an influx in players so now with this new season how is that going to reflect in the prizing because of that player population jump do you think panda we're going to see a significant jump or are we going to see almost like an a peer-to-peer -peer, like an eye-to-eye -eye kind of reflection like okay no nothing too crazy they're going to basically moderated what do you, where do you think like an early guess i think look i think they have the existing structure in place so i think it surrounds that three million dollar number and then okay. they break it into the different regions but i think if they're to continue to hype what's going on there there's potential for that to grow in the future right because they always use the numbers of the last season to dictate what the prizing is going to look like for the existing season so like uh, last season, for example, West had more players than Brazil, but Brazil had a higher um, prize pool because of the last trio season that happened happened in Chapter 2. And, that, and that's so, what I'm saying. We had numbers yeah. increase across the board to kick things off. So that's why I'm wondering, will we see just much more prizing, much more money going to the community this season? I don't think it'll be this season, but I think it could happen next season. If, well, you think they're going to wait on two, like, two data points? Like... All right, we had a bonus. The past, right? Like, and that's why I think it's going to work that way. Now, obviously, you have to you have to also remember all the money they're trying to fund into these like lightning tournaments and no build tournaments and stuff. Like, you got the the women's cup coming up with e fuse. You got the the all the Twitch rivals stuff. Like, listen, Twitch rivals is not putting up all the money to to do uh, an event like that. You have to keep that in mind. And we actually. I know this is a side note, and I don't know how deep you want to talk about this, but like Play Versus, an article just came out on them, and in that article, it talked about how Epic funded them with a flat rate to to bring collegiate Play Versus to the table. So um, there's more in that article, but we don't have to discuss all that. But regardless, like Play Versus is a good example of what they do across the board when when epic themselves get involved in some of these community tournaments which is what i personally think we see happening with efuse and twitch rivals doing all this no build stuff and i want to say they probably also funded things like the ninja rival series things like the chipotle series any of these tournaments essentially that you see oh the esl jbl cup quantum series that was like a hundred thousand uh, dollar tournament in just the fortnite category i'm pretty sure split across multiple regions I'm fairly certain most of the events that are outside of the traditional guidelines, like anything beyond 25K essentially, need some some level of approval, but mostly is funded by Epic or supported and backed in some some way. Same like DreamHack. 
Like, that wasn't DreamHack putting this up. This was like an epic initiative, allowing a third party to operate in this space. That's like the dream for Prack. Like, yo, dude, yeah, toss me 200K. You know, we'll, we'll do some cool <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? Like, we'll, we'll do some cool stuff with it. Uh, but yeah, if yeah. you can bring value, you can bring some kind of game plan to the table. Uh, surely they're going to they're gonna back you. So that's what we're seeing with Twitch Rivals right now. Um, I'm willing to willing to put the chips on that one, I think, too. And but to talk about play versus we we can definitely uh kind of touch on some of the some of the surface topics here because play versus was one of the bigger no rephrase that the biggest collegiate operator in the Fortnite space um up until pretty much this last season's end of December where now it's come to public attention that uh, play versus cut ties or excuse me epic cut ties with play versus due to just uh, basically the lack of um I guess. Uh, honesty behind the administration and and yeah. i guess failed deliverables uh, that they were looking from play versus so now we lose out on what honestly was the biggest and, and only collegiate operator in the space but we were seeing you know so small pilot programs pop up here and there nothing big though like play versus where we had the you know full backing the the twitter handle supporting it and like you know hundreds of thousands of people signing up so how how do we fill that space? Because I do believe that Scholastic Initiative is extremely important to uh, the Fortnite ecosystem. Like, let's be honest, we have the bulk of the players being high school and college kids, right? Yeah, and, and we see Efuse kind of filling that with the uh, CCA and the the Collegiate Cup. I just I just up. don't feel like but, they're big enough. Yeah, yeah, that that's you know the what point I, mean? I was going like, to get to. That's what like, it is. They don't have the community realistically no no offense to them right they just don't have the community to fill lobbies the way that play versus did and and, and like fortnite you have to get 100 people in a lobby to make a game work and, and making that happen isn't always easy i've been a part of tournaments in the past where um as a as a talent member they couldn't break 70 players right and they were it was a big event like not a big big event but it was a bigger event than you would think right so, so to get players involved, and in, in especially at the collegiate level, where uh, not everybody is just right on board to participate, I, it's definitely going to be tough to to grow. And, and that's what made Play Versus so unique is they had such a large audience. Everybody kind of knew who they were in the collegiate space. So now that we see these other programs that are trying to step in, they're trying to build a name for themselves, it's going to be a, a tough ride, at least to start for them. Yeah, definitely going to be a, an uphill battle, to say the least. But, hey, as we all know, with consistency, with uh, basically proof of concept and showing the uh, you know that the experience can be great, things can grow. So uh, I'm hoping that EFUSE finds some traction, hoping they you know, bring some new folk into the space and activate their collegiate partnerships. And, you know, this this turned into success because the scene definitely needs it. Um, I, I love what they're doing with the women's track. Oh, we didn't actually write this down, but did you see the post from Maddie and F actually pulling yes. out of the efuse women's tournament um and for good reason if you ask me i i like what she posted personally i see where she is coming from um but i will say that i, I think she's digging a little too deep into this one for as it stands right now but i get why she wanted to pull out um give us just a second i want to i want to actually pull this up it was a it was a twit longer from maddie nf um i can give you the too long don't read or panda do you want to take the floor for me yeah yeah okay I'll, cool I'll, uh... I kind of have a good like intro into this, right? So to be clear, the the women's event that's coming from EFUSE started off as a as a building competition. That's what it was always branded as. But with obviously the success of zero builds, 
they decided to change it. And, and this caused Maddie uh, to feel like it, they're taking away that competitive event that she was excited to be a part of as a woman and, and making it for content. But Monster, I think you got the, uh, the full breakdown here in front of you, right? Yes, we definitely do. So, guys, I'm going to read this on behalf of what Maddie NF pretty much tweeted out, right? Uh, this tweet... Let me just see how much how much hits this guy. This hit about 1,200 likes, 160 retweets, and 300 comments. That's a, that's a lot of interaction, guys. So um, take a look here. So she starts things off, the header being, my thoughts on women-only Fortnite tournaments. Uh, popular topic of debate in esports, the lack of female representation. In general, we don't see nearly as many women as men competing in esports, and very few women place in open qualifier tournaments. This topic deeply interests me, and I can engage in conversations surrounding this topic for hours. A main contribution to the lack of women in esports is likely the barriers that women have to overcome, including harassment, joint opportunities, and lack of respect and unequal treatment from the male counterparts. Okay, let's talk about that first paragraph. I think she's spot on. She addresses the fact that women have it tougher in esports, and th that's probably one of the big reasons most women don't really get into esports, right? It's just that mm -hmm. it's that extra thing you have to deal with right now, which is completely unfair to women in the space, right? And this is something I think is a, a broader topic that, you know, or I should say a broader issue branches far and beyond yeah. esports, right? Let's just talk work environments, et cetera, right? These, these are things women have faced for years. So she's spot on with this. We're going to jump back into her second paragraph now. So for some time now, Attempts have been made to get more women involved in competitive gaming through women-only tournaments. To my understanding, these tournaments are intended to, one, give women that are interested in competitive gaming, but maybe hesitant to break into the esports scene for various reasons, an opportunity to compete in a friendly and inclusive space. Two, empower and uplift women. Three, provide underrated women a platform to showcase their skills and gain exposure. Correct, correct, correct. Totally good. Great spot-on analogy here for what it is that organizers are trying to do. Let's jump into her next paragraph. Paragraph three. I think women-only tournaments are great. To reiterate, women face a lot of harassment in the gaming industry, which may discourage a lot of talented women with great potential from getting involved in competitive gaming. These tournaments give them the opportunity to break into the scene. With that being said, considering women already face many barriers in gaming, it's crucial that all women tournaments are executed properly. When many competitive elements, team selection, core mechanics, and normal competitive playlists, ETC, are removed from women-only tournaments, it gives ammunition to people that already lack respect for women in esports. Therefore, a women-only tournament that doesn't offer a competitive format can potentially be detrimental to women's competitive gaming scene. And Panda, this is, I say, where things get very juicy for us, right? This is where it gets interesting because now she's talking about why is it that a organizer would host a women's only tournament and essentially handicap us from the competitive rules that make comp comp. Yeah. And this is a, a, a really good point that I think a lot. And, and unfortunately a lot of the community, if you look at the comments on that post, uh, they just didn't get it. And, and it kind of made me upset to, to see the community so negative towards, uh, towards Maddie in this post. But one thing we got to talk about is is the way that it was executed before it even switched to zero build, right? So uh, there were a, there was a team being formed by Somerset actually. So this was before Matt even posted this and everything switched zero builds. 
but Somerset had picked a team and then they took one of her teammates and made them a captain, uh, essentially splitting the team and, and now causing it to be less competitive. Now, obviously, from a tournament orga uh, organizer standpoint, they're probably looking at it like we need more players. We don't we know this person. It's easier for us to just make them a captain. But in reality, the, the overarching effect of that is that it does make it less competitive because you don't get to have a, a truly competitive team in, in what they are. So I, I fully understand that perspective. And, and I understand, too, that there's going to be creators that are involved in this, too, that are excited about no build. But it was going to be really exciting to see a truly competitive event come for, for women's esports. Yeah, and like like we said, so the problem here is, you know, that, that's a that's a couple different layers though. So not only do we have a balancing act happening between the team selections, like you don't see someone go to a men's tournament or a regular tournament and say, "Hey, you, you can't play with him. You guys are too good." That never happens. So to see that happen in women's esport or a women's competition, I agree it's all the way that that shouldn't happen. Like it really yeah. shouldn't, regardless of what the results would be. And now you're seeing this other additional layer of hey why is it that we have these adjustments happening as well we deserve to compete the way you guys originally advertised it as a regular arena competition why the changes now to try to you know get on the hype essentially which is what the organizer is trying to do but in return you kind of get these other um, underlying issues that will come with it now right you have the women's feeling like hey why like why like we deserve to play a comp that's what we wanted to do um, now you're kind of making it this different thing. We don't want to be a part of that. We feel um, like we're getting, once again, like kind of adjusted here, right? Like, you yeah. know, and, and, and that's what Maddie's issue was. So she goes on to close out with essentially saying, with that being said, I would not be participating in a $75,000 women's only Fortnite tournament on April 10th. I think that the tournament will be a lot of fun, but I can in good conscience participate in a tournament that I believe could have a negative impact on women in gaming. Um, I want to make it clear, I really love EFUSE, and I think there's nothing but positive intent, and I would absolutely love to participate if the tournament was Arena rather than Zero Built, uh, where there's currently tanks, battle buses, explosives, etc. Yep, as we all know, uh, there are so many talented women that deserve an opportunity and a platform to showcase their skill in a competitive environment. I hope to see a highly competitive women-only tournament in the future. So that's her reasoning for pulling out. All very, very much, um, I think, justifiable. I think she hit it spot on. She was very respective. She was clear that she knows the tournament is going to be good fun. It's going to be a great time. But she believes for her own personal reasons that this is a this is a basically a slap in the face for the women that were looking forward to the regular competitive event. And I, I agree with her. I agree with her for sure. I do as well. I think um, she hits a lot of it right there. Solid points solid perspective um it's just it's crazy that this is the only event that they're they're kind of presenting and it's kind of unfortunate timing too because again this would have remained a competitive event if zero builds weren't introduced into the game and the hype wasn't created around it and so that shift there would not have taken place however i hope that this is just a start i know efuse has always tried to do women's tournaments in the past, but I really hope there's more, more of a, a gateway that allows these, these great competitive uh, female players to, to shine and showcase their talents because a lot of them are very, very good and they don't get the credit they do that they deserve because they're a woman. 
And that's that's more or less where her point came from. And it just kind of boiled over with the frustration of the way that this event was handled. So I feel for her, right? I feel for for players like Somerset as well, who both they, they are really focused on playing competitively. And so for them to to get a women's only event and not be competitive, I get it. I, I see the perspective. Hopefully there's more coming in the future. We'll see. Obviously, the future of Fortnite is very undetermined at this moment at this moment for everybody but it's obviously it's looking bright regardless do we know if somerset decided she was going to play or not or if she backed out i don't know that that she has officially backed out because i don't i, I feel like we didn't see very upset i was gonna say i feel like we didn't see a resolution behind like what they decided on eview's perspective right or what she decided if she was going to find a different team or not play so it it is a it's kind of a blow to Efuse, right? They're they're doing something so so good, and there is this this negative narrative around it. Um, now from the two, two of the biggest influencers that they have, like Maddie NF, Team Complexity, professional player, huge in the in the women's space. Uh, Somerset Luminosity Gaming, professional player and content creator as well. Once again, the biggest I'd say uh, of the women participating. I got her posts here. Um, the first one, because it's it's not just one, right? Mm -hmm. So it's if there was a tournament that you could you couldn't pick your team with real money on the line, does that seem right or fair? If people level the playing field, what are we even competing for? Then the next post is, if they are truly interested in having female gamers taken seriously in competitive esports, then they should create an environment that allows for fair competition and let the best of the best rise to the top naturally based on skill. Then um. Then they actually, or she leaked DMs, I think, Ooh. between her and Efuse. And she wrote, so me and Sparkles can't turn down Captain, but others can. Nice. So it looks like some, some other players were able to turn down their captainship so that they could play with somebody else. And, and those DMs leaked to Somerset, which then leaked onto social media. And then she, again, wrote, not to mention Efuse had previously retweeted our looking for one post before they even sent us captain invites knowing we wanted to play with each other. So that was kind of the rant of Somerset. But after that, no resolution publicly. There's no word as to what's going to happen. There's no word if she's going to participate. She may have mentioned it on stream, but it's just not something we have access to at this, at this point. But regardless, it's, it's definitely blow to what otherwise could have been a really amazing event. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So that that's kind of like, I'd say some of the, the bigger issues happening in the space right now, um, probably the most important, I would say. These are, these are some of the most important issues and, and uh, topics of conversation bubbling in the space. So women's esports, definitely something that, um, you know, we want to see more of and, and we want to see and, and pretty much empowered, right, to continue to give people opportunity uh, because they deserve it. And uh, yeah, we're we're kind of in this weird space, so we'll see how the year continues to develop. We'll we'll keep you guys up to date on this. I'm almost, yeah, I feel like just DMing Somerset, like, hey, whatever happened with this? Like, you know, we just curious from a podcast perspective, keep y'all up to date. We'll we'll see what happens there. Um, but to close out here, guys, I'm sure some of y'all might have caught my alarm there. Uh, we <laughs> we're gonna hit the last topic of the day, dude. I don't know how Miro ended up in this position, but Miro is has been accused of using cheats. It's a big deal. We have a multi-FNCS champion here being accused of cheating. Tons of screenshots and allegations being tossed around, essentially, um, claiming that 
he had access to some software or some hardware that enhanced his ability to play the game. Panda, you want to elaborate a little more? Yeah, I got you. So, so here's what happened. A, a tweet came out from from none other than Reet uh, on NA West, and it was a screenshot showing a, a conversation potentially. Obviously, we can't prove the conversation because the screenshot does look a little dicey. It doesn't look like a a, a great screenshot, to be honest. It could look like it could have been manipulated, but um, it was Miro talking about like there's no software on his on his PC. Uh, there's no proof, and, and just in those that terminology uh, made it sound like that there could be something, but then the overwhelming support on the back end then came out when this happened, right? So you got Kirsch, obviously first in defense, like throwing out there, hey, I've stood behind him during tournaments. We have blogs posted where you can see his full desk when we break into the room after he's won something, like. Like there is a lot of proof out there that debunks this theory, uh, but obviously, anytime something like that comes out, especially about a major, major player, it's gonna garner a lot of attention, and that's what we saw happen really quickly. Because Reet didn't keep up the post; he took it down. Um, I think him and Miro maybe talked. I don't know exactly what happened, but Reet decided to remove that post, and uh, in doing so, it, it I think it. I don't want to say it made it worse, but it definitely raised more questions, right? Now, more questions focus on REIT. Why'd you delete it? But regardless, it was definitely a, a, an interesting 24 hours, not even like 12 to 14 hours on the timeline from when that was posted to when it was deleted to when Miro came out publicly. Everybody talked about it. That was behind the scenes. And then now it's done. Literally, this all happened like yesterday or the day before. And we're here talking about it, and not a single person is talking about Miro cheating. So yeah, it it is it is just very interesting though because when you have someone like Reet, right, uh, targeting a multi FNCS champion, like you are doing something with a platform as big as his that can indefinitely tarnish someone else's reputation, right? And that's really why I wanted to bring this topic up because this goes back to kind of the root of dude, as an influencer, you got to be careful of what you put out there because that's damage that cannot be undone. Right, there are people that are going to see that, not necessarily follow the story any much further, and then bam, that is just what it is, right? People think of Amiro as as this cheater, right? And, and now you leave Miro in a really weird position where not only obviously your relationship and friendship with him is on the line, but like everyone that's associated with you, right? It just creates this really awkward situation within the the professional player kind of ecosystem, and it's already so fragile with all the uh, compartmentalization due to zero builds and now regular comp, so. Um, with our scene in, in such a fragile space, uh, I think it is important for us to just make sure we, you know, keep keep everyone happy, right? Not not necessarily throw accusations around and abuse your platform because you can you cause some serious damage to somebody. You absolutely can, and, and so you have to be careful, especially. And you have to also remember too, like these kids are young; they don't they don't get like media training and PR training that a lot of like adults get once they get into this kind of space or this influence that they have over people but you have to be a little bit more mindful of what you're saying especially on social media because all it takes is one post one person to retweet it a few people to like it a few pros to comment on it and all of a sudden the post then escalates to to unknown bounds and the the whole the whole community is talking about it so 
definitely be mindful of that stuff in the future if you are a big uh, a big creator before posting something like that. Not saying Reed did anything wrong by any means. Reed's a, a good guy. I know his intentions were to to be a little bit more positive. I know he believes strongly um, uh, in competitive. So look, good guy. I don't think there's malintent behind it, but I definitely think the post was there to to shed light on something that could have been happening to a multi multi uh, uh, talented player in miro yeah and it's kind of interesting like the things people do for clout right like you only post that kind of stuff if you want to one drag someone down for obvious reasons because for some they feel like it's the social justice warrior thing to do like you got to do it it's your obligation but the other side is like dude you know you're gonna get a lot of interaction likes shares all that kind of stuff and I mean, with these kids, you know, usually that's more often than not the driving factor behind posting some craziness. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, there there are always uh, definitely two sides of the coin, but but regardless, it's out there, it's gone, and, and I don't think it should be given any kind of mind, any any additional attention, because realistically, if Miro had been cheating for this long and winning as much as he has, somebody would have noticed something would like this would not be the first time we're hearing about it. So, and it's funny because out of the two, people always said that Day was the cheater, right? Between Day and Miro. And yet Miro's the one now getting exposed. But regardless, it's funny. Um, but the story's come and gone. Just like this episode, man, has come and gone. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It was, uh... dude, I thought it was going to be a fast one. We had a full 57 minutes plus. <laughs> Right on the right on the market. Luckily for me, I got the meeting move back thirty minutes, so I'm, I'm not in a necessary rush. But we did run through everything, so we're good to go. False alarm, guys. A little earlier, we got to get out a full episode for y'all. Um, for sure though, Panda, uh, let let the people at home know where they can find you, man. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Twitter, Life W Panda. Soon back on Twitch at Life with Panda. So uh, make sure to check me out once I return here in a couple weeks. But yeah, super excited to to come back to it. But we have one more podcast before I make my official return. Yeah, definitely. We'll ha- we'll have some more episodes coming in this week. Uh, look forward to, or hope you guys are looking forward to another Practice Makes Perfect podcast. We'll have that rolling up uh, just this Sunday, and then of course SMG, somebody's gun should be making his return. I think I think he'll be all healed up in the in the days <laughs> to come. So he should be on the next episode as well to give some perspective and you know his opinion on some of the things developing. But all in all. I would like to say, I think we had a very great Fortnite week. Um, you know, the, the drama kept to a minimal, which is amazing. Uh, and then, of course, the positivity, all-time high right now with the uh, with the Fortnite Zero build, bringing in all this new discussion and possible funding behind all these tournaments and stuff like that. So we love to see it. Hope you guys enjoyed this week's pretty laid-back episode. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Don't forget to send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me at most of face across all social media channels and i will see you guys next time so until next time don't forget to dance out those kills and boast those victory royales peace y'all